Hello and welcome to Story Untold. I'm Martin Bauman and today my guest comes from across the pond in the middle of Sweden. Michael Lindnord is a world-class adventure racer and author and like many of us do in our lives, he fell in love with a dog. Michael and his team were racing 700 kilometers through the mountains of Ecuador, part of the World Championships in 2014 for adventure racing, when he came across a stray at one of the rest stops. The dog was in rough shape and he gave him some food not thinking much of it before continuing on his way what he didn't realize until later was the dog was still following him through the depths of the jungle through knee-deep mud and across rivers the dog stuck with michael's team and became an unofficial member arthur it became a worldwide sensation journalists covering the story from all over the place flocking to the finish line wanting to know how this dog had made it all this way three years later and Arthur hasn't left Michael's side. Here's his story. I've been reading your book. I've got it in front of me here. And uh, it's funny, the very first sort of sentence there, people who do adventure racing are not normal. How did you even get into the sport in the first place? You know, when I grew up, I was like, I've always been into sports. I've been jiu-jitsu. I've been playing ice hockey, soccer orienteering, mm -hmm. you know, different sports. And I, I always loved sport, but I was no talent in no sport. I, I, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, you know, if, if you, I, I had a, I had a speech, I had this great speech for my uh, college, what call it, college, when yeah. I went, we did my, or it's a high school, it's called high school. Mm -hmm. And it was like, all, all the students, or like 500 students, they knew about the story and stuff like that, of course. But then it was like, I can see two of my teachers when I have when I was young, and it was like twenty five years ago. So they don't they don't remember me. Oh, okay, yeah. So you know, so so I I did sports. I was in school, but I was great. You know, I was like average, like below average. I I, I didn't have any talent. You know, stuff like that. So so the thing is like, they didn't even recognize me. It just you know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't even recognize me. This is only tw like 20, 25 years ago. Yeah. And they didn't even recognize me. So, so that, that's, that's, that's how, how, how good the uh, impression I have done <laughs> on people when I grow up. So, so yeah, that, 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 and that's where I, I, that's where I started. I started from, from the bottom. Yeah. So, so yeah, so, so that, that's the, that's the thing. But, but the thing is, I always like, have been like jealous of people with talent you know the pure talent when you when you are in school with the guys that are good in soccer or in ice hockey I, I was more like I struggle but the thing for me is that I never give up I never give up so so that's that's my thing mm -hmm. so so the only talent if you can call it talent I have is that I never give up and I found this talent when I was 18, 19 years old, I did my military service as a, as a we call it uh, Arctic Rangers. Like you heard Green Berets or Navy SEALs in yeah. in US. That, that's kind of like the elite of the guys. And it's mandatory also in Sweden. It was mandatory. So so everybody does this at a certain age, like 18, 19? Yeah, they, they, used, they used to do it and then change it, but they want to change it back. Yeah, but anyway, okay. this, this was like... Only the best was going for the ranger school. Only the best, you know. And, and and my dad, he was like, 
Mike, you can't do this. You know, it's like you will never make it. So the thing is, when I go up there, we did some super hard exercises. Yeah, you you see the guys how how tough it can be. And the thing for me is like, I was like fighting because I I didn't want to give up. I I I I was like, I rather die mm-hmm. than go home. I rather die than go home. And that was my mental, like, mental. And then as I start to go, and then, and 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 then the week goes by, and and then I'm like, okay, I'm still here, I'm still here, and and, and it, it gets harder and harder, and I like, well, I I can go, I can do this, I can do this, and then suddenly like, okay, it's only me left. Like, <laughs> but when you do that, like the toughest exercises, I was like the top all the time, uh-huh. and then I and then I figure out, wow, this is my talent. When your dad was telling you, you you can't do this, were you thinking the same thing? Were you like, yeah, I don't know if this yeah, is for yeah, me? Yeah. No, 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 I had no idea. But I, I, I did know that I will not go, come back. Uh-huh. I will not come back as, as a failure, as a loser. You had to prove yourself. I had to prove myself, you know, th- th- and that's the thing. And, and when I grew up, I had really hard, hard thing to, to this. But for me, it was like, it was life or death for me. You know, it was, I, I, I was like, but then after a while, I get into it, and and, and that's the thing. I, I also get, uh, I've been nobody. And, and then suddenly, I was really strong. I was strong in fields. I was strong in the woods. I was strong outside. I, I can cope with the sleep deprivation very good. Uh, I have very good, like, I don't get upset or angry or stuff like that when I'm tired and hungry. You know, when we have this for four five six seven days so no food and stuff like that people mm-hmm. like that they they go down so deep i never go down like that deep i can still suffer you know but i don't go down and that's the thing is like in advance to, to to come back to your question is like that's the thing with adventure racing that's the guys that are in the top top of suffering <laughs> those guys and right. girls yeah, or adventure racers. So you had these skills. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not the. I I wouldn't say it's a skill. It's more like a. It's how you think. It's like qualities almost. You you have these unique set of of qualities or uh, things that make you you. The reasons that you don't give yeah. up. Yeah. And and you find this out after being you know eighteen nineteen and and making it through that ordeal of of uh, what you were doing in your military training and so then how do you go from there to thinking okay how do i put these skills to use in something you know going forward when when did the idea of adventure sport actually come to you and somebody show you you know you you might actually be pretty good at this yeah it's, it's kind of that year it's like i don't know if you know about the sport it's called uh, ski mountaineering nowadays okay in yeah. my, my my when i grew up it's called uh, uh, ski alpinism you do that you know go with with skis uphill with skins and it was like steep. You can you put the skis on your back, and you have like uh, crampons or ice axes, and go up, and you go ski down and up and down. It's pretty big in Europe. Yeah. Okay. And, and that, that's the thing that that was this was the race that was in this region because I I was have this military service in the in the far north, and I was pretty good in all the competitions and stuff like that because. I never give up, <laughs> so so I, I I did I did pretty good. So that was a kind of race that we did in two days. We were living in like we was digging ourselves in 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 in, in, in like it did a snow cave in in a big big snow 
kind of cliff or something like that. Get snow in lots of time, and then we are sleeping, and then we and then we ski and done that the second day. So it was like a two day race, and I was suffering a lot, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but but I loved it. And then the organizers for that race had the premiere that summer, and this was 1997, and they they have this the first race called or extreme challenge it was only a solo race it was like a seven eight nine hour race at that time and, and i and that's and, and they say like oh it's like paddling in rapids running over over the aura mountain it's like thousand meter up and thousand meter down but it's like taking two hours and then you bike back to the to the start and i was like and i, I felt like wow this is this looks amazing huh. and but i can't paddle and he said you learn. <laughs> so so I go back from this in, in April, May, put myself in the kayak, and it's like wherever a tip, like, Meh. and I start to train, you know. And, and I did this first race. And I did this first race. I didn't drink. I didn't have proper gear. But I did it, and, and I fell in love with, with, with the sport, even if it's not was, like, so long that I'm really good at. It was short, but it was then the sport. I, I, I fell in love. And and it was like everything that I've done so far in my life like comes together to to this that I felt like wow this is the thing I want to do and that was the start for me 1997 and it took me 14 years of training uh-huh. I was 34 when I won my first international big race so during these years, a lot, lot of people like, oh, Mike, you're doing good. You know, I was like average. Like I was training, but I did average. So I have many times like like a normal person would give up during these 14 years. <laughs> you know, to, to, to get to be a world champion, that was my big goal in the last five, six years. Yeah. But it was when I, when I was like the first 10, 12 years, that was like absurd. It was not even like in my mind that they were, that was possible. Where does adventure sport rank in Sweden's popularity? If you're talking about what comes first, where does adventure sport fall in the layers of or rankings of popularity for people? It's 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 just few people that can do this yeah. sport. Yeah. <laughs> so so and it's, it's the same in Sweden. And that, that that's when you do this adventure racing, the World Championship, for example, when when Arthur came by and stuff like that. Those races, they are like, it's so funny because you can have like ten teams from top 10 from 10 nations uh-huh. it's like so hard to get one or two teams from every nations that are good enough so the thing is like you can take like the best cross-country skiers in the world like winning the world cup or the olympics or whatever put them together in a team they will not win mm-hmm. you, you, you can take like you know the best endurance athletes put them to a team they will not win mm-hmm. so the thing is like it's so complicated because you need to do it as a group and you need to to focus uh, on the mission is to take to the, to the finish line as fast as possible, but it's also like it's 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 more, very complicated, and I think that that's the thing that makes this even greater. I, I want to go back to some preliminary stuff. So you grew up in, uh, and I gotta probably get the pronunciation wrong. Ornskoldsvik is that close? Yeah. Oh uh, uh, yeah, it's close. It's, it's in Sweden. We call it Ornskoldsvik. What's what's that like? It, it's it's kind of the town that have put the most or the best hockey players in the world. Yeah. Like you have, we have Peter Forsberg. Yeah. Uh, Marcus Naslund. Uh-huh. 
the brother Sedins in, in yeah. Vancouver Canucks. You have Tobias Enström from uh, now playing Winnipeg Jets. He's injured now. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Alexander Steen in uh, St. Louis Blues. You know those guys. They all they are from this city. All from the same place. Yeah, you have uh, Samuel Paulson, uh, Stanley Cup, uh, Victor. You have Niklas Sundström called the Prince of New York, play with Wayne Gretzky. Uh-huh. He actually, I playing like some hockey now, and it was so fun. On Friday, we had this out outside game, and we have Samuel Paulson. You know, he was a captain or assistant captain in San Jose Sharks. He was doing the hamburgers. Uh-huh. You know, and and in in inside the what you call it the shosk in Sweden. I don't know what you call it, but you selling like cookies and drinks and Coca Colas and stuff. Okay, yeah. We have the Niklas Sundström was doing that. <laughs> you know, number twenty four New York Rangers, <laughs> and that and that's the thing here in Norrsvik. You know, everything goes together, and and yeah, so so so. I'm coming from from a region that are very beautiful, like the high coast. is is It's not like the Alps or, or in, in 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 the in in your mountains you have in yeah. you know. But but it's still like it's more <laughs> Swedish average. Like it's not, but it's hilly. It's nice. You have the ocean and stuff like that. And but the big thing is sports. We have like soccer. You have floorball. You have cross country skiing. You have long jumps. You have everything. But the main thing that every guy want to be is hockey players. Yeah, I know. Every, everyone want to be a hockey player. So that's where I come from. It's like a small city. You have like 20,000 people in the in the center of the community. And then you have like in the high, in the municipality, it's like 60,000 people. But the, like in the core, Örsosvik is like between 15 and 20. So that's where I come from. Yeah, yeah. Back to the adventure sport. A lot of it, yeah. I, I mean, you, you write about this in your book, uh, just the, the sheer lengths of time that some of these races take, and you're going yeah. over hundreds of kilometers, uh, dealing with sleep deprivation, you're staying awake for, you know, days on end. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with being awake, you know, 40 plus hours and <laughs> and trying to race? Yeah, uh, it's, it's like, like I, I was getting better and better. It's like, it's like, it's like you have to bend in your comfort zone. You have to push yeah. it, push it, push it. As long as you, you get better and better, and it's like you, you, you need very, very little sleep because after a race, you, you recover, of course. But during to, 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 to function, you just need like three hours a night. Uh-huh. That, that's, you, you, you can work with that for, for a week at least even if you're working like if you're just motivated you can do that i, I don't want to but <laughs> no no you, you no you don't want to. and the thing is like but we we when we have a race we don't sleep the first night and then we try to sleep one or two 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 hours every night kind of that that's like minimum yeah because if you if you sleep more you get too much far behind and if you sleep less you get too stupid so you need to have like but but the thing is also like it's like you learn. I, I would say like this: to be a perfect adventure racer, you need to cope with the sleep deprivation. And I, I would say like, when you're really, really, really tired, when you can't al- almost hold your your eyes up, <laughs> you like you the follow fall on the st- on the street when you bike or stuff. Yeah. When you're that sleep, it's like you're really, really drunk. Right. You know, yeah. really, really drunk. So I would say like to be in a good adventure racer is like to to drink like seven, eight beers. Right. 
and and function. So, so you. So you're like, you're really, really drunk. You're like, oh, you can't like speak proper. And then you sit yourself in the car. And then you can drive proper on the street back home. You uh-huh. shouldn't do this, of course. No. I haven't tried it. But, that, that, <laughs> but I just, just give you an idea how you have to work. Because you need to focus your mind from, from what's fiction and what's reality. Yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. You, you get really, really good at this at, at uh, a couple of years, you know. What's the most difficult part of that? Is it uh, to, to avoid falling asleep? Is it toughest when you're on a bicycle, running, or on a kayak to to stay awake? I think running is like you like oh we have so something. The the worst part is is biking. Yeah, yeah. Because you're traveling so fast and you just crash. Yeah. Or, or paddling, you just oh and then you start sleeping <laughs> like this. But paddling, then you just fall in the water. That's that's not dangerous. But to go with the bike, especially when you go with traffic. Sometimes you you go with roads that are traffic, and that's that's I think that's the most dangerous. Yeah, but but the thing is like this sport is very dangerous. It's like you have you need to you know you know to do you have to take care of yourself and your teammates all the time. You know, because you yeah. sometimes you put yourself in positions that are really 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 bad, like super steep in the middle of the night with cliffs and stuff like that everywhere. You you, you are in the desert. You have no water. You are in an environment with lots of super dangerous snakes, or uh-huh. you know, I, I was in the last race. I was I was swimming with my bike. It was the last part of the of the race, and it was like a small, small river, like maybe five meter wide. And and I can see something. Oh, what's it's like a big tire in in the lake or in in the in the river, but it was anaconda. So we were oh, like swimming no. by down there, and it was like two meters, two three meters from me. Uh-huh. But it was like it was like this, so it was have eating some, I don't know, some big animal. But I guess the snake was at least like ten meters. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so when when we have when we swim with our bikes to to the to where the river come comes out to the big river, there were a lot of like locals that were fishing, like, and they looked like looked at us as we was crazy <laughs> because i guess it was a lot more anacondas than that one we saw <laughs> all right let's talk about the race where well i suppose you could say the race that changed your life the one in ecuador yeah 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 for sure for sure what was your uh, expectation of this race going into it what was it going to be like <sighs> I, I i did everything like i then I, I don't say anything yes for saying anything i did everything to win uh-huh. like everything you know when i was checking out from the hotel before the race i have i take my visa card and, and the master card yeah and they were denied and they, this is what this was just for the hotel this was like a couple of hundred dollars uh-huh. so i called helena on my phone i said um can you put down some money on on the cars so i can pay the hotel before the race and she said i'm sorry we don't have any more money uh-huh so I will spend. We have spent all the money, all the sponsorship, everything, all our savings, everything to go to Ecuador, because we need to have this high altitude camp, and everything before. So I put all the money on this. So I didn't have any money to, you know, pay any bills or nothing. Yeah. But the thing is, like, you know, I, I was ready to win, you know, and I said, oh, I was okay. I, 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 I just want to win this world championship. Right. So you were all in on this one. Yeah, so I, yeah, I just went into the bus and asked the other team members. And then Karen, she had, ah, oh, you can take my car. So I, I'll borrow her car to pay for the accommodation. 
and then we were out for the start. So I was like, oof, okay, now we go for for six, seven nonstop days. Yeah, yeah. In, 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 to, and to win the world championship—that that was the big goal. What was this course like? What what were you uh, up against? It was brutal. It was like we started running at four thousand meters, uh-huh. and you know, in high altitude, it's like. If you run too fast, you get like acid all directly in the body, and you can't get rid of it. And we were like lost early, and then we fight back, and and uh, yeah, but we we didn't have the perfect race. We went into the jungle, and and we we we, we did as they were supposed to do to the in the road book, but then the GPS tracker didn't have any uh, signal at the time. So we get the penalty for like four hours, even if I've taken the the right side. So, you know, so it, like everything was kind of against us. You know, you always dreams about the, you know the perfect race, but this was as far as you can go from a perfect race. Everything was going wrong for you, essentially. Everything, everything. <laughs> but but then like we we don't give up. We were so lost. Oh, we were so lost. We were in a like a school in the, like in the high. Oh Jesus! We were like super high. It was raining everywhere. We were we were lost. Like we were in know anywhere we were going. And then we, yeah, we we were lost a lot of times. The navigation didn't work out for us any any good. But we don't give up. We continue, you know. And, and then after four days, we we push our bikes up to this village. Uh-huh. And and uh, and then exactly when we go into the village. I can see uh, Team Techno, the American, the top American team, are in fourth place, fourth place, and this this uh, transitionary we were mandatory was, was to stay two hours mm-hmm. because that was the rules. So so the thing was okay. So we were just two hours behind them. So we were just two hours behind the top four, and then I I was thinking maybe uh, the podium is still still possible. The podium is still possible. And podium gets. A lot of prize money, so you know, and that that podium is always a podium. I always I only been like top five like a couple of times. I never get better than that in the world champions. Uh-huh. I was ranked six in the world. You know, uh, the goal was to be ranked best, but that that's how good I was. So so we were just two hours behind, and in adventure racing, it's like almost like forty-eight hours to the finish line. It's nothing. Two hours is is like. It's like you are in the in shoulder to shoulder kind of. Yeah, yeah. So I went in and I was like, and that, that's the thing with me is like, when when it start to get like people get tired, and I think I get this from the military, like because that when people get tired and it get really tough at the end, I get opposite. I get motivated. I can see the finish line and I motivate and I go hard. So most of the time we have really really long recovery times because we sprints. The last 24 hours and stuff like that. Uh-huh. So, so that's the thing that's happened here. I was really, really motivated. So I was like, okay, come, come on, guys, we're doing this, and we put everything, uh, everything together. I was like, I was really, I was pumped up. I was pumped up, and I was getting, I fixed my gear and stuff like that, and then, and then like put my bike in the bike box, and I have this special food that are, it's like for the special military service here. We had like, it's like. Is is food with with water and vacuum in vacuum like yeah. cover yeah. yeah so so you have like this membrane so it's like like yeah the size of uh, like a it's like a toothpaste tube almost 
a little bit yeah, bigger, maybe the, like the, a sunscreen. The, the, yeah, the size of that, but it's yeah. it's, it's thin, it's thin. Yeah. So if you, if you put water on this, it gets really really hot, like almost like you burn yourself. Okay. So if you put water outside this package, like one deciliter, doesn't need much. It gets like a chemical reaction. It's like <laughs> start boiling kind of. Uh-huh. So if you give this like eight to ten minutes and you open it, it's like eating warm food. And after you're racing like four days, nonstop, it tastes like a, a, the finest restaurants. <laughs> you <laughs> this know? Is, this is the best of the best. Yeah, so that's the thing. I'm eating this. Uh, and uh, when I'm eating this, I focus, you know, I, I have my back, like I have the people around me, and I can see my team. Uh, I can see other teams and stuff. So, like fixing my gear, you know, because it's also like showing other teams that you are wow, I'm ready, I'm strong, you know. We are here to race, like, so you have like an advantage on them. So I'm doing that, but then I feel that someone is looking at me. Uh-huh. You know the the feeling when when you feel like you have the seven sense that you someone is looking at you. Right. I I felt that. So I look like back and then I see in my in my left corner and my corner of my eye. Then I see this stray dog looking at me. The first reaction I had is like, "Wow, don't come close to me." Yeah. Because I get all the diseases in the world, you know, hepatitis or rabies or whatever. That that was going through my mind. And he even smelled like really really bad, like because he had these wounds on his back. We have this, the the blood was like. Not the blood. It's like when you have a wound after a while, it's not bleeding. It's like you have this, um, like a water color. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like well, it's kind of like matted to his his skin, right? The, the yeah, hair. it's like yeah. it's like yeah, it's like, and it's like coming down from the side. He's tried to to you know to, and I, I can feel the you know the 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 smell. It smells like you know like uh, when you do. Uh, the meat in the meat sauce. What's that meat called when it's like more grinded? When you have like spaghetti and what that's what's the name in English? I would call it ground beef. Like it's, uh, it's yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ground beef. So the thing is like he smelled like a ground beef that had been outside for for weeks. You have uh-huh. this uh, sweet taste, uh, like ooh. So so that's the thing. That's that's what I have like maybe two meters from me. Uh huh. And I was thinking like this, wow, don't come too close to me because I don't want that. Yeah. That's just the thing I'm thinking. Then I look at him again and he has looked at me and I was like, okay, no one can be ever be nice to this fellow because he looked like terrible. So then I just take some meatballs and I just put him in, in the front of me on, on the ground, like two or three meatballs at the most because I was eating, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I, I can maybe give him like 10 seconds maximum 10 seconds of, of my of my time uh-huh. maximum and then i put all my stuff together I, I i after that i don't know what he he is doing i don't uh-huh. know i guess he's eating the meatballs of course but then i don't i don't i don't see him anymore because i put all my stuff together blah 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 and then the team is ready and we and we walk exactly at two hours yeah two hour break time yeah and we start and we start to run because because you still want to win, right? Yeah, nine minutes and nine minutes before us, the other Swedish team are in front of us, so we want to catch them. So it right. takes maybe an hour or something when we catch them. And when we catch them, after a while, it gets dark, and then we put the headlamps on, and and 
Then I start to look back and see if there are other teams are following us or not. And then we, when we look back, the only thing we I see is is a dog. Uh-huh. And I don't understand that this is the same dog that I get the meatballs. I don't understand because I can't see it. It's, it's too far behind. And and the other team are the Swedish team where we got them. They they, they stopped and we see some snakes and everyone was like, "Whoa, what's happened here?" And then we continue. And after a while, we are we are like only we and we can look back and we can't see any team. And we just have to stop because we need to fix some extra batteries on the headlamp and maybe someone was fixing the feeds and the socks and stuff like that. And then this dog is coming from, from, from the dark, <laughs> kind of. And then it's the first time I recognize him. Yeah, he's that back this, for more this meatballs. Is the, this is the same dog that I, I gave him the meatballs. Uh-huh. So, and I talk Swedish to him and said, like, are you sure you want to go with us? And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like looking at me and he just continues. We go to the jungle and it's like <laughs> so deep with mud, you know. And and I remember I, I tried to give him some muesli bars, but he he, want, he didn't want that. Huh. Um, so we continue and we are we get lost in the jungle, like super lost. And we are like almost cliffed out the ones ones that we can't even see and they get like. Yeah, anyway, we, we just turn around and go back and we lost like hours, hours, hours. Uh-huh. And then we continue and then, and then the sun comes to go up and you start to see again, you can close the headlamp. And I was so tired. All the team members were tired. So I just sat down on the creek in the, in the jungle and I said to the team, like, because I was so, no one had this, because eating just muesli or yells or stuff, you don't, you don't get pump up you do you don't get energy it's like yeah empty calories kind of so i asked the one do you have is anyone that have something other to eat than this muesli <laughs> bars we had like one each left or something yeah and then simon he put up like two of these meatballs package uh-huh. and i was like oh are you kidding me <laughs> so and we have this one membrane so i put that together i have this and they boiled it, and I took one bite, like directly one bite, and I gave it to Simon. He was like three meters, two, three meters from me, and he took one bite. And then the two packages went over to, to Karen's stuff. But then they don't want to have any because behind me on the left, like Art is laying like that in, 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 the, in the young, like and breathing, and he's like so thin and, and, and stuff. And But he had one eye open, like. So the thing, like, we don't talk much, but yeah. but this is this is this is it. Like, this is a big, big, big thing in this story because this is the because we need that food, you know, <laughs> to, yeah. to 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 survive, you know. But we as we asked, okay, he he's the one that should have the food. So I put everything on the, like a big leaf on on the on the tree. Uh-huh. And I say, you know, go ahead. You can, you can have this. And he eats it. And then we, then we, then we continue. And, and, and we almost didn't do it, you know. <laughs> Simon, he's really, 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 really bad. And, and when you come to the TA, we had to have a doctor like immediately, and he had to have this IV and stuff like that. And we get like four hours to stay there, and then stay three more hours, like seven hours. And that, that this is, was a big thing, like. But also the organizers, the staff, 
they're sad because they they understand that that Arthur he has the name Arthur now right was was with us and he, they say you can't bring the dog he's too dangerous because we were supposed to paddling through the to the mangroves and stuff yeah so after we are finished with our gear and Simon is like is is more alive we are going down and put the kayaks on this on, on the shore and and Karen stuff and this paddle away. And I'm sitting there and Simon in front of me and and I look up on, on, on Arthur because he stands there on, on the seashore, kind of in the mud. Right. And I ask him, okay, what do you want to do? Like in Swedish, what do you want to do? And, and he's like, mm. and it's, it's, it's a lot of other people, but you can't really see them because, and I had this stomach feeling, like really, really hurt in my stomach. You know, it's like, okay, is this it? Is this end? Is this ending with this? Yeah, and I say, yeah, okay, maybe this is it. So we start to paddle. Me and see Simon, and we take maybe five, six, seven, eight strokes. I don't know how much. Man, I don't really remember. But then I can hear like, poof. I turn around and he have his, you know, the mouth just yeah. about the the because he's not a great swimmer. Though. <laughs> he has have the the mouth just the 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 surface of, of um, the the water. Yeah, yeah. And he, and he didn't give up. <laughs> he didn't give up. You. He's still following us. And I, and I, and I, I was all, almost puking because this this stomach feeling like it's like, you know, you know what's right, you know. Yeah. But it now sounds like easy. But when you are there, you, you almost like can't make it yourself. Right. The decision is not that because... It's not that easy to make. It's not that easy, but the thing was like, because I remember, I, I was like, okay, I can't leave him. You know, it's like, okay, we're doing this together. So I just take, I just grab him and put him on my knee, like, okay, then we do this together. I also remember this is the important thing for 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 me, kind of this situation, because this is the first time I, I really do something from to someone else. Mm. When I'm risking my life for someone else than me, yeah, because I have no idea. Because I had no idea if you're gonna beat me or if you get me disease or whatever. I'd have I had no idea of that. Yeah, but I was willing to risk that, and that's the thing. When when I have interviews now, I, now I can speak about this. But in the beginning, first year or something like this, because now it's got like three years. Yeah. But in the first year, so that I, I couldn't even speak about this. I couldn't even read the book about these chapters. I, you know, when when Tom Rinaldi and those team with ESPN were here, I was crying like two hours. Yeah. When I was talking about this, because it's it's so deep in mind. Because he didn't give up. He never gave up. And, and I, I guess because I was thinking, of course, I was thinking this thousand of times. I speak about this thousand of times, but. I think this is was this was like. I think I can see a lot of of myself in him, mm. because he didn't even give up. He didn't give up. He never give up, and that's the thing with me. I have I had, I don't I don't give up either. So that's the thing. I felt like okay, this is it. You know, he he didn't want to give up, and I don't want to give up on him either. Yeah. So I just put him, and I, and I, 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 I just took that decision. This is this was worth it, you know, and and that was a tough call, but I never regret it. Because at that point, you're you're pretty much choosing between, you know, are we going to really 
keep on racing and going for a podium finish or are yeah. we gonna are we gonna make it through together with Arthur, right? The thing was that we have start we have to stop there for seven hours with IV and stuff like that. So yeah. So so the podiums were like they 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 were gone. Yeah. But we can still like do okay, you know, and mm-hmm. get some prize money and stuff like that. But f- at that point, like prize money, that was, and that's the thing. Like people that knows me that have, have followed me the whole career, people like make yoke of me like. Oh, Michael, I don't understand what you do in this sport because you don't care. You don't care if you are looking at the most beautiful mountains in the in the world or or the desert or the animals or whatever. When you are racing, you don't care. You just care about winning or racing. Then uh-huh. that's my reputation. <laughs> and they were right. You know, I didn't care. I didn't care on anything. I was just want to win. And that's the thing. And uh, this is the first time I took that aside. Mm. I choose something else, and I'm, I'm really proud of this. You know, I'm really, really proud of this. I, I'm not ashamed of anything about this story with Arthur. I was proud of this because this was the first time I did something for someone else. You know, on that on this level, mm-hmm. and I guess that's not it's not common that you like ready to risk yourself for for someone else, especially for for someone you just know knew for like less like. 36 hours 24 hours how far had uh, had arthur followed you for how many kilometers had you gone since that first meeting with him i think the thing was when we were going through this jungle it's like 40 k's in the jungle but the yeah. thing was like there was so mud it was mud to the knees it takes so long time uh-huh. that's just the thing so it took like almost 24 hours for us to do it so hours and hours and hours yeah like, like almost 24 hours to do that 40k through the angle. So then you get to the finish line, Arthur's still yeah. in tow. What happens then? You know, I'm from Sweden, so you know, I, 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 I have no idea what to do. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was like, okay, he's with us. He don't, he don't want to leave us. Yeah. Uh, I, I was actually took like a, uh, what do they call it, a sheet and put them on, on the side of my, on my, on my, uh, what's called my bed. Mm-hmm. So if you want to sleep, but he didn't want to do it. But outside the, the hotel door, like he won, he he slept there uh-huh. the first night. And and the thing is, like, I didn't need one. I don't know what to do. I, I I remember, of course, I was calling to to Helena, my wife, mm-hmm. and then of course she she knew that Arthur had followed us and, and so on. And I, I felt like. Whatever do, and I was thinking, well, can I can I keep in kind of a way, and and because from Sweden you you can just take a dog from the street. Oh, I, I, this is a nice dog, and I keep it. Like in, right. in, in you are you are from Canada, US? Where, yeah, where Canada. Yeah, Canada. You can't just take a dog on on like the supermarket and take it home. And oh, no, no, this is my dog. Right. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. It's not. It's not how we how we think, and it's not how we do. So the thing was like, okay, the idea was to take to a vet, clean him, and then maybe take him back to the, the village he came from. But then I think that was the second thought was, okay, but he like, he put everything on this golden ticket. He put his life, like several times, he put his life to go with us. Yeah. He don't want to go back, especially with the big wounds on his back and how he looked with the teeth and, and, and everything in his body was like, 
really, really worn down. He don't he don't want to go back, and I, I don't I don't want them to go back because this this wounds on his back was like big, thick, deep like mm. deep as thumbs. And and the thing is like when we took it to a vet, in inside those wounds it was like uh, shells from from some animals that they can see it had been lived there for three to six months in in these wound. wounds. Mm. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then someone say, you should you should adopt him, take him home to Sweden. And I say like, wow, well, can I do that? Like that was like can you do that? And then some yeah. someone say like, yeah, you have to call to agriculture. Like, I was like, what? I I just, I I thought they was just doing like the farmer stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I just I just I just called them because now this story had been breaking even the big news in Sweden. So I just called them and said, this Michael and I, I want to take my friend back to to uh, to Sweden. And then she said yes from the beginning that. that that could be possible to do that if I, if I have like doing this like a, a list of a lot of things. But <laughs> she also knew that I was flying home in like four days or something. Yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't think she understand <laughs> that that you have a, a guy that never give up on uh-huh. the other side. So we we almost got everything together and then they say no. Because they, they he, start, okay. He needs what? Shots, I'm guessing, to have different. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The shots, like vets, you know, yeah. papers, like, you know, to do to, to, to do a stray dog to be a, a official dog in like four days is kind of impossible. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 I would say, like, like, this can never be done again. Yeah. No, not to Sweden, because they, they have learned, because they actually changed their mind just because of media. Uh-huh. And the thing in the, during this time is like we didn't have any money, so I didn't have any money to get him back to Sweden to get into quarantine and everything I had to do. I didn't have any money, mm-hmm. so we had like a crowdfunding and the biggest newspapers in Sweden, so people were putting in money, and that money was enough to get him back to Sweden. <laughs> uh, so it's also so this story is not a one man show. It's like yeah. Everyone is so many people to thank you for this. Like Ismail, that took contact in, in in Ecuador to help us with the vets and transport and everything. To you know Helena and other teams that I have here in Sweden with all the people that put in money that we can bring him back to Sweden. To to the social minister of Ecuador that called us when we were driving to the airport and we didn't have the official. The lost paperwork, yeah. and she said, "I will help you." And it was so many things that have to go the right way to make this happen. So we get the paperwork twenty minutes before we go to check-in, and it sounds like a Hollywood movie, and, and, and but that's how it is. And that's uh-huh. that's the thing I'm proud of with this story. It's like nothing is fiction. Right. I've always told the truth from the from the beginning to the because sometimes. When you make a story, and when you told someone you go for fishing, and they have this fish is like four decimeters, and then you told your friends it's like six, six, six decimeters, and, so, and then when you come home it's like one meter long. Right. You know, it's, it's easy to <laughs> do that. Yeah, yeah, it changes. But the thing is, like with this story, is even if it was like really, really like 
sometimes okay if I say that say this they could be never did that I, I always kept to the truth all the time and that's the thing with these stories no fiction and that's I'm really really proud of had you ever been a, a dog owner before this like what was your experience with with pets before uh, Arthur no no yeah no I had never no we have we have a when I was young <laughs> my mother have like feeding like the the neighbors cats uh-huh. so so that 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 was the closest uh, and i i was when i was like 20 i was living uh, uh at my 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 wife's helena's parents like for one year and they have like dogs they they take for for hunting yeah so i was training training with them a couple of times like that but that's that's the experience i have so i i don't actually have an experience with dogs or or animals i don't really know how to do anything of this right so so this was i was so I, this was the thing also for me i didn't know i didn't know if it is gonna work or not right what was it like getting him back to sweden and, and seeing him uh in your home for the first time uh, i was so nervous because the, the thing is was when you come to sweden uh, we have to stay him. He has to stay in the quarantine for four months. We visit him some sometimes when we have the time, mm-hmm. or when we not have the time when we are allowed to do it because they don't want us to visit too much. Um, so, so directly the same morning, we took him to the doctors to to have the surgery for his teeth and stuff like that because they were really really bad. Mm-hmm. And and that's and that first night we stay in in a hotel in Stockholm and. That first night, because he had like slept, you know, during the operation and stuff, and that night he went up like eight times. He won't go out for a short for a short bit and have like puking a little bit and then go back, and he was like sleep for like half an hour and then up again. I, I was doing that all night long, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, is this is how it to be a dog owner?" <laughs> <laughs> I, because I have nothing to to compare with. So I was like, "Wow, is this is it? This is it?" Right. I was like, "This is gonna be tough." But then we, of course, that this was because he had been slapped and stuff like that during the surgery. But I didn't really understand that at that point. Yeah. So I was like, "Wow, what have I done? Like, <laughs> how shall we survive this?" But then we we fly home, of course, and then. Uh, I was super nervous, you know, super, mm-hmm. super nervous. Like, I have a daughter, Philippa, and, and stuff. How this will this work with children? And But we just opened all the doors, everything. We have no, nothing closed. So we just, let, we just let him in, to, in the house. He can go and smell everywhere. Like, you know, he has, he has his food, his everything. Mm-hmm. And, and we have this dog bed we have bought, just put in the side of the in the best place we thought in in the house and he was like doing this go around and and, and uh, you know snoring and you know look at what what's there was this house and this is the fun part he did that then he just went direct to the bed and he slept all night it was like okay i'm home he was home yeah. <laughs> and, and this is the thing it's like it's, it sounds like it sounds like a disney <laughs> Film. but that, does, that, yeah. that's 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 how it is and, and the thing is like with the children he's like he's been the cutest dog you can imagine like we haven't like we, we tried once to have some with the dog dog whisper because we had to 
rebuild something in the house we stay under my grandpa and he wouldn't really want to stay on that ground so we would like try to get some to to help and it was one time and it didn't really really work when good but but yeah. after but then we, we we moved back here again and and he's like i have him loose on the street like on, on my on my outside the house you know it's like He's he's like the sweetest dog you can you can imagine. When we walk walking on the nights, when you know the walking the the night walk, he's he's most of the time he's he's. I don't have him on, on the leash. Yes, go by himself. You know. Mm-hmm. Those four months when he was in quarantine, uh, were you yeah. worried that he was gonna lose faith that you were gonna come back? Were you worried he was gonna either forget who you were or just you know get kind of give up on on you? Yeah both but the thing is like when we were in quarantine he was very biting like mm-hmm. he really bite in my hands like and if i felt like okay this we need to to work on when you come out from the quarantine because he was biting really hard and he was very 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 like biting but now after three years i know why mm-hmm. because he he's he's talking to me with the, with his mouth kind of this this <laughs> sounds weird maybe but when I do stuff, I, I actually just put my fingers in front of him, on front front of his uh, nose, and, and and how he react on my hand, I can understand how he feels. Hmm. Do you, does it make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think every every owner has that that certain uh, yeah. way of talking to their pet. Yeah. Yeah. So so so, so yeah, he do that, and and if he's if he, if he, if he bites me, that like like not bites, but you understand, a little bit harder, so you can feel like yeah. He can feel it. I know he's not happy with the situation or what he's doing right now or what you, what we are doing. So we communicate in that way, and 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 that that's the you know, <laughs> and it's take me time because uh, sometimes we we have been together some speeches like, you know, because in Sweden he's super famous. Uh-huh. So sometimes we were like you know everywhere when I go it doesn't matter in Sweden where we, where we are people recognize him direct. Yeah, he, he's he's a superstar in Sweden. <laughs> so so sometimes we have like speech in like five hundred people. I just put him loose and he has to go and people like, yeah, you know, he's talking to people and then he has to go onto the stage and he's looking. He says he has just lying down and then we have the speech and you know stuff like that. And uh, yeah, that 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 that's that's the thing. Is is and the thing is with him is he's so he's so safe in himself. You know, uh-huh. even if he's it's so it's so i don't i I can't understand why because how it looked and and everything but he's so safe Uh like he's in safe is not maybe the the sweden called trygg uh uh, he feels like he's not nervous he's sure of himself yes yes and 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 he's like yeah and he's never begging you know Mm. He's never done it. Even as the first time when he was looking at me, I gave him the meatballs. He was not begging for it. Yeah, the meatballs. Is is he still? Uh, is he still as in love with the meatballs now as he was then? You know, I I, I actually saved some meatballs for, because we 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 didn't have we didn't took all the meatballs to Ecuador. So we have like uh-huh. a, a couple of packages here in Sweden. So I actually. I actually saved one of his packages <laughs> uh, that we have that he fell in love, or I don't know if that's the right word. So right. I gave him that when we when he come here, and 
he didn't like that that much <laughs> to be honest <laughs> so i was likely to be disappointed but yeah. but I, I don't know if i disappointed him but no but he's not no he's not a f- super fan of meatballs but he <laughs> like uh, chicken chicken is like yeah. the best right chicken ties like chicken ties, direct yeah, from the yeah, barbecue right yeah, the, yeah 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 he's like yeah <laughs> yeah so that's the thing how has arthur changed your life everything Mm. Arthur has changed everything for me. I think I'm the same person from the beginning to now. I think I have grown up fast from from focusing on adventure racing and doing that 100% to... Because the thing with, with Arthur and me, and especially from the beginning, you know, uh, when we gave out the book in, in English, they, they, they want Arthur on the, on the cover. And I said... Why don't you take the picture that me and Arthur has together? Because that's the story, right? And uh, because I thought that was a good, great picture and, and stuff like that. And they said, "No, we have now. It works better with Arthur." Okay, I was like, I was almost upset, uh-huh. <laughs> to be honest, from the beginning. You you wrote because the book I, and he's getting the cover. <laughs> I, I'm not really write the book. The whole yeah. book. it was Walt, Walt Hudson and me worked together. Okay, what yeah. was the the main? you know make everything like the perfect uh-huh. so and anyway so so um, the thing was like first I, I i was not accepting that i didn't like that you know because i thought like we did this together as a team like but i'm groaning like because i can see the early interviews i'm doing because I've been in media and stuff like that during the whole my career i worked with with media and sponsorship and everything so I, I knew because I was saying yes to everything and I've done it since, of course. But from the beginning, it was like a massive, like when, when everything was happening in all the countries and everyone was calling and Skyping and, you know, it was like, it was it was crazy for, for, for a guy from Sweden. Yeah. So the thing from the beginning, I thought like the thing was like what I have done. But that's the, not the thing with, with, the, with the cover with Arthur because for most of the people... Arthur is the hero. It's not me, what I've done. Right. It's Arthur. Right. And, 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 and it, it took me a couple of years, actually, to, to, to understand that. Because that's the thing. It's like when I'm out there and do speeches or whatever, if I go there, most of the time I go by myself and talk with this, about this story. People are, they are disappointed <laughs> if not Arthur is Where's going. Arthur? Because, yeah. you know, I'm not that interested. It's, it's <laughs> Arthur is, is everything. Yeah, and, and and I understand that now, and and I understand that this story is not about Michael Lindnord from Sweden, what they've done, and and s- some part of this story is not even about Arthur. This story has been grown bigger, bigger than we ever can imagine. This is a this is a worldwide big news, and still we have this interview with you after three years. Right. So it's not like a one day thing it's like this is this is this is real and and with Arthur foundation and and we support from the first time and i think we were like maybe the first like picked the faces for the campaign against uh the loba law you know the the new law in, in ecuador and that this we're fighting for for three years and uh, with Arthur foundation because a lot of people want want, want you know to to make every to make a change and then that's the thing it's like something I, I don't i don't really believe in destiny 
mm-hmm. but something in me says me that I got this gift that I never give up to do this 20 years of adventure racing to find Arthur and to fight to get this law through and save hundreds of thousands of animals mm-hmm. of dogs something in me says that this everything has happened as a purpose and and that's why we now at 2018 we will put all our efforts because during these three years everything have happened and even if it's like it's not the money is not coming like that even if you are a media you don't get money for that so people think that we have a lot of money but that's not the truth we right. are fighting through these three years and now finally some royalty have come from 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 the book sales, but we feel like those money shouldn't be in our pockets. They should be for the purpose of everything, and that's for Arthur's friends. Right. And that's why we put this effort. After 2000, we, we need to <laughs> recover this year out, but then 2018, we want to go to. I want to go to Ecuador. Mm-hmm. I want to see what we have done, have we done any difference, have Ecuador changed, what can we do to get this last push with, with the law by law, what can we do with the change, like can we communicate, can we talk with the politicians, can we, can we speak with children in schools to make a change, to be in this change, because I think this is the window of opportunity that we have created and if, if you're not doing anything with it, I will regret it for my whole life. Mm. And, 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 and I will also say like this, maybe you, can, you can't change. One person can't change the world, of course, I understand that. We can maybe not change the whole country. We can't change Europe. We can't change Sweden. But I also think like if our story with Arthur and Arthur Foundation and what, what I'm saying, if I can, if I can make one person that have the idea to throw a stone or hit or kill a dog just for, for the sake of it. If I can have one person that does throw that stone, then I have one. Right. This opportunity just happened once in a lifetime. This will never happen to me again. Mm. And, and not use that to make a sh- difference for a lot of people and dogs is, is not right. So 2018 is going to be a tough, tough year for Linnorch. But I think that's, that's, the, that's the right way to do it. All right. Well, thanks, Michael. It's been fun talking to you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That's it for the show. Thanks for listening, and I hope you liked it. This will be the last one for a couple weeks as I take a break for the holiday season. If you want to read more about Michael and Arthur, his book is out. It's called Arthur the Dog Who Crossed the Jungle to Find a Home. I just finished it the other week. And if you enjoyed the show, you can do me a big favor and hit subscribe. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review and a rating. Helps other people find the show. You can think of it as a Christmas gift for me. And best of all, it doesn't cost you anything. Theme music for Story Untold is by Dr. Turtle, off the album You Um, I'll Ah. Once again, I'm Martin Bowen, and this was a Story Untold. See you next time. Mm-hmm.